Hi, this is Nadir Price, founder of Nadir Price Photography, and you're tuned in to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. I guess it just comes down to taking action and following your leaders and getting up and doing the fearless thing and not letting fear paralyze you. This is Dream Chasers, episode 100, featuring me, Adam J. Carswell. Hey guys, what's going on? I am Michael Flight, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Michael Flight, and today I'm joined by Adam Carswell for a special 100th episode of Dream Chasers. This might sound kind of like coming from a parallel universe because Adam is normally the host, but today I, Michael Flight, am interviewing him. Now let me give you a little bit of a rundown on Adam. Adam is an international man of mystery, a man confident enough with himself to order a white Russian with no irony. Adam is the normally the host of the Gene Chasers, but today is a special day where we turn the mic and interview him. The other things about Adam that you might wanna know, Adam is a very special guy. And I know I keep saying special, but 100 episodes is a pretty special milestone. Adam is also host, if you may not know this, of the Liberland Show, Adam also produces a few other podcasts. In addition, Adam is a LinkedIn supermarketer. He is the marketing and social media coordinator for both Concordia Realty and Concordia Equity Partners and also ASIM Capital. His office is sometimes a barbershop. Adam is also phenomenal with audio and video, both on the talent side and the production side of all of that stuff. The other thing that you might not know about Adam is Adam is a DJ, and his original DJ name was Big Nut. And the other thing is he's an all-around great guy. Adam is 28 years old and lives near Dildo, Canada, in St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labradoodle, Canada. Adam also grew up in the Cleveland, Ohio area of the United States, but has lived and worked in Washington, D.C., Silicon Valley, Canada, Belize, and has traveled extensively for work and pleasure. Without further ado, we will get to the meat of our interview with Adam Carswell. Michael, thank you for the, the intro. I don't think ever in my life I will receive either an introduction quite as great as that one or as funny. I mean, I know you can't see it or hear me laughing right now, but I, I just laughed for the past three minutes. That was great. Good that I can, you know, bring joy and humor <laughs> into your life because that's what I live for. Well, I, know I had a joke with you the other day, too. I said I never thought someone over the age of 50 would make me laugh so much. <laughs> I, I thought you were being completely serious on that because, you know, you uh, really dismiss me by my age a lot of times. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on my show. I think without a doubt, I mean, anyone listening right now, they can tell that this is probably going to be one of the best dream chasers if not the best uh interview so far and that's because of that's because of the person who's interviewing <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to introduce me at this time oh thank you yes ladies and gentlemen if you're wondering who just gave the rock star introduction to me that's my boss my mentor friend partner in crime sometimes wingman michael flight uh michael brought me under his wing i'd say well we first met a little Little, I'd say close to about two years ago, if not more, but it feels like 20. Um, 2018. 2018 in Vegas at Freedom Fest. And yes. um, I hit it off with his son originally, Salvatore Flight, who was on one of the first 10 episodes or so of Dream Chasers. You can just go ahead, type in Sal or Salvatore Flight Dream Chasers on YouTube. Go ahead and check out his interview. 
Um, and and, and that's a hot tip for you guys trying to get a job. Um, try and like, you know, get to the uh, boss through the, the kids. Nepotism never hurts. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, built a relationship with Michael's son and then reached out to Michael a couple, couple months later and kind of just told him where I was at professionally. And he said, okay, let's, you know, let's try this, let's try that. And now, um, you know, we work together on a daily basis and communicating all the time. And I'm really, I have to say, I'm very excited for the future of Concordia Equity Partners and a few other projects that Michael and I are working on together. It's, uh, it's really up my alley in regards to real estate and being an international focused type of person. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Michael, thank you for taking the time to let my audience get to know me. Yeah, and I, I want to make a correction because he, uh, Adam, on one of his podcasts, I can't remember how he phrased it, but he said, you know, I just was lucky to get in a position and blah, 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 blah. And I had to call him up and say, there wasn't luck involved. It's like, you met me, you actually followed up with me, and then you called me, and then, you know, you said, hey, I can do this stuff. How can we work together? So, that's just the type of guy Adam is. Adam, you know, saw something and um, he forced himself literally into my life. So <laughs> still not sure whether that's good or bad, but here we are doing this 100th episode. Adam, I think we should get into the interview. So first question, are you a dog or a cat person? I got to say, I really enjoy dogs. I think dogs are more fun, but if I was going to own a pet, I got to go with a cat because I'm just a simple, I'm a simple guy. I think when it comes down to the two, taking care of a cat is just a lot easier and you can kind of get the same love and affection as the owner through either one. So what you're saying is that you're not going to sit, come down on either side and uh, <laughs> you're not going to alienate any of the audience. Nice diplomatic answer. Thank you. Okay. Our <laughs> next question. And the one that is on most people's minds right now, what is the deal with the TikTok videos and why do you do them? <laughs> I, I can't control myself. And I think you, you know that to a certain extent. When I hear music that I like, especially, uh, you know, in general, um, a lot of the, the house music that I prefer to listen to and that I prefer to DJ with, you know, right before our call, Michael, I was listening to kind of like the new, I didn't even realize that this, there was an older version of this song, but it's called Pump It Up. The song kind of goes like, don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And so that's like a, a it's, it's like my age. Okay? Yeah. So, there, so there's like it's a like, remix. It's a bad wedding song. <laughs> and so when I hear the bass line and the beat drop to that song, I just, I can't help but move. And it's like, I, I like it so much that I want. I want to say Elvis Costello did the original. Okay. We're going to have to look, we might have to put that in like, uh, like for the outro music or something. Sorry to interrupt you. I stepped on you. So go ahead. <laughs> it's your show. Yes. Well, anyway, so that's, that's the, uh, if you guys go look at my TikTok, that was the most, probably the most recent one that I posted. But um, yeah, when I hear the music, it gets into my blood and I want to express it and I want to share it with the world because, you know, I believe it's a good song and think that there's at least a few other people out there that would agree with me when I start dancing to it. Well, people might think it's a great song without having to watch you dance to it. <laughs> but as I've explained to you before, um, I have to watch the whole video because it's kind of like watching a train wreck <laughs> and I, I have to see it to the end, even though I don't know why. So. We, uh, we, I send out the videos to our, to our team at Concordia and I think probably nine out of, well, I, I don't know if I've done nine yet, but 90% of the time, Michael's response is, 
this is disturbing. <laughs> okay, so Adam, we want to focus on some great aspects of you. And so tell me about Adam Carswell, a little history of how you got to your 100th episode, a little bit about the IX brand and what's involved with that, and um, some of your background of, of being so entrepreneurial. Uh, so the IX brand first the idea first came to me, I want to say around 2014 or 2015, I had a mentor in my life at the time who uh, recommended that I create my own logo. And I don't even really remember, you know, the reason behind doing it other than they said it was just a good idea. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do that. I don't want it to be just my initials because I've seen a lot of people create their own logos where it's just their, their initials and I want to be different. And uh, at the time had also been advised that looking into numerology and studying the meaning of numbers really across like all religions was something that it just caught my attention at the time. So I started looking at the meaning behind the number nine, particularly in Christianity too, because that's, you know, that's the environment in which I was brought up in. And I noticed that the number nine stood for finality and completeness. And Michael, I know you've studied to be a Lutheran pastor, so you might know even more about the number nine than I do. But as far as I know up until right now, nine represents perfection and finality. And so with that being said, uh, I kind of took that and created it into my own definition, which is, you know, everything happens for a reason. And so that's essentially what the logo represents is everything happens for a reason. And another, I would say two other strong beliefs. Yeah. Just, just things that I believe in greatly are people pursuing their own freedom and also doing what we can to come together not only as countries, but as a world and really just dissolving as many borders as we can. Cause at the end of the day, we're all in this together. And I think that's the best way to just live a life full of purpose is to, is to come together. So that's a little bit extensive, but that's what the logo represents to me and what I've kind of put as a meaning behind it. And now I use it for anything that we create, which is either clothing or the podcast or my vlog or anything that's kind of come through my pipeline as far as creation, we put an IX logo on it. And uh, I have a, another cool story about that too that just came to mind, but I want to flip it back over to you in case you had another question. Oh, well, I want to respond. Um, I don't believe nine means perfection in the Bible because seven is the perfect number and, and seven represent, and the only thing that couldn't be perfect ever is God. So nine is the symbol of completeness, finality. And then nine is also the number of the Holy Spirit because there are, I think, nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, goodness, gentleness, kindness, peace, et cetera. Yes, so, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, you've got like just the good spirit vibes going, the Holy Spirit vibes. Thank you. Definitely got the spirit flowing through me. And uh, I just remembered, so the other thing too that I just want to throw out there because I don't know if I've ever had a chance to say this publicly. I know I've shared it with a lot of people one-on-one -on -one before, but with the IX logo, I just heard this like comparison one time that'll never leave me. And it was, imagine if Hilton, the hotel chain Hilton decided tomorrow is to make an announcement to the world. Like, Hey guys, guess what? We're coming out with a brand new uh, tennis shoe line. It's kind of like, all right, not that many people are going to be eager to go buy the next pair of Hilton's. But if Nike came out tomorrow and they're like, Hey world, uh, we're getting ready to open up a new hotel chain, the Nike hotel chain. And that's, you know, it's coming out tomorrow pretty sure there would be a much stronger demand for people wanting to go to the Nike hotel rather than people wanting to buy the Hilton tennis shoes. And that's because Nike has successfully created a brand that 
you know, you can slap that logo on just about anything and people are going to expect greatness. And so that's my vision for the future of IX as we continue to grow the brand. I'm still waiting for four seasons to come out with their new tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah. Let me know how they are. <laughs> so, um, do you want to move on to your background of, uh, being entrepreneurial? Yep. And so my background of being entrepreneurial, there's a bunch of different directions I could go as far as tracing it. But one thing that stands out most vividly to me is I know in the early two thousands, my father launched his own company, which he still runs on the side to this day. It's called life cap. And what he does is preserve family history and memories by sitting down with either the, um, normally the grandmother or grandfather of a family and just walking them through their life and having them share life stories uh, that can be documented for the kids and grandchildren and any, anyone moving forward to go back and just remember where they came from. And so I thought, first of all, it's pretty cool that, that my dad does that. And I've been able to work on some projects with him since he started the company. But that is also when I kind of realized like, okay, I think you know, if, if my dad can at least you know, go for this, then when my time is right, I, I want to say that entrepreneurship is like in my blood. Um, and my mom's also an artist too. So she's always creating and selling her artwork as well. So coming from two individuals that really are all about creating and giving back and, and doing their own thing, I think it was only right for me to make the jump after a few years working for a company. And I happened to uh, make the jump from Sherwin-Williams, the paint company, into real estate. And real estate has kind of been the industry that I've made a, or focused on a future for myself and outside of podcasting since 2016. And it's really just opened so many doors. I've got a few moments there through the real estate pursuit that looking back on it, were kind of like those defining moments that brought me to where I'm at now. And so uh, if you want to talk about that too, I definitely would like to open up about it. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, just to reiterate, you know, your, your parents have, you know, I, I'm going to give credit to you, but I'm also going to give credit to your parents because your parents have done, you know, a, a pretty good job. I've, uh, you know, seen some of the, in, and heard some of your other stories about your brothers and sisters. So, you know, they, they just deserve a lot of credit. And like I say, you deserve credit. How do you get this motivation and inspiration so that if somebody is listening now in their like really just struggling to say, I'm, you know, I want to do this and want to do this. And I, I just can't get out of my rut. You know, what, how do you get motivated and inspired to, you know, to just pick up the phone and, and do some of the things that you do or to shoot the thing off or to actually show up at a, at a conference and go out network and, you know, say hello to everybody. Yeah. I wish, I wish there was an easy way to explain this. And I, I look at what I'm doing and, um, I would say not comparatively, but I, sometimes I do look at it. I just wonder, I'm like, man, uh, what is it about me that makes me someone who just goes all out on anything that I get into? And um, I have to say, like, it must have been something like that my parents did for us, raising us. I have friends and family where, for example, I'll send them a, a podcast or like recommend them to read a book and I, don't know, I just feel like anytime somebody sent like Michael, you send me podcasts and, and you recommend books to me all the time. And like, I actually read them and listen to them because I'm like, okay, they're coming from someone who has the best intentions for me and for my future. And like, and someone who knows what they're doing at least better than I do most likely. 
and so it's it, it's actually it actually is really hard in my opinion to explain but it's just i guess it just comes down to taking action and following your leaders and getting up and doing the fearless thing and not letting fear paralyze you because i think that's one thing that we all face and i know even <laughs> there's a great story um i was actually when i was at funnel hacking live in nashville i was able to share this story with hunter we were kind of just going through some crazy life stories that we had that we feel like defined us and there was one time when i was like I want to say three years old. There's a newspaper article on it still too that my mom has stored away. I was like three or four years old. My, I knew my parents were going away to some some party at nighttime and it was at the YMCA. And the last time that I went to a YMCA party at nighttime, there was like food and fun and like all just kinds of stuff that as a little four year old I loved. But this party that they were going to this time was like completely different. It was not what I thought that they were going to. And so they left me at home with a babysitter and my younger sister Leah, who's a year and a half younger than me, and somehow I finessed the babysitter <laughs> and I, I put, I'll never forget looking down at my feet. I had my shoes on. I had my left foot on my right foot and my right foot on my left foot, the shoe that is didn't even like know how to zip up my jacket. And I just put it on and I just like ran out of the house and it's like, it's nighttime. It's probably like seven or 8 PM and I'm running down route 20. I just not even like, I knew I was going the right way, but I didn't know where I was going. I'll never forget stopping at the intersection and just like running across the intersection a uh, car pulls into the parking lot because I see a little four-year-old at night running around by himself. And thankfully it was like good people. And they were like, where do you live? <laughs> and they brought me back home. But I just look back to me at that age, just basically saying like, I don't care. I'm going for it. And although it might not have been like the best decision, one, it showed that, you know, God's going to take care of me no matter what. And two, like, I think I'm just fearless by nature and uh, really blessed for it. And I'm sure hopefully my mom and dad are laughing right now and also just trying to think of what it is that that they did for really for all of us I'd say all of our not just me but all my siblings are pretty similar to how how we operate so I'm sorry I don't know if that gives you any, a concrete answer but that's kind of just how it all happens um I'm just gonna say that going for it at four you should probably like change the going for it you know now that you're 28 years old so. <laughs> Just, just, a, just a little bit, you know, finesse it a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Adam. Uh, now it's time we step into the next level chamber. All right, let's go. Adam, at what point did you realize that Dream Chasers was something you wanted to take to the next level? So beginning of 2018, I want to say, late 2017, early 2018 is when I started producing the show. I didn't even consider it a podcast at the time. I was doing face-to-face -face interviews, interacting with people in my world that I was very impressed with, just based on the amount of success that they've been able to create within a, a small frame of time. And so... Early 2018, I, I signed up for and I started taking the Cashflow Connections Mentorship Program, which I now help with at ASIM Capital. I help facilitate that course. We have a new, a new group of students coming in every quarter now, and it's amazing just looking back on it how that really was my vision was to be working alongside Hunter one day. And through taking that course, that's ultimately what happened. And then that's also how I ended up meeting you. So as far can, as you can, can you just I, I'm going to interrupt you. Can you just for a little bit explain what the mentorship program is? Because you just kind of dropped that in there. And I'm not sure everybody knows who Hunter is. And you've mentioned him a few times. So mm -hmm. sure. um, why don't you give us a, a little bit of, of who those people are? And, um, you know, 
what's a little bit involved with the, the mentorship program. Absolutely. And, I'll, and then I will tie that into um, how it ultimately led to taking Dream Chasers to the next level. That's so, a real professional right there, folks. <laughs> so the Cashflow Connections Mentorship Program is a commercial real estate focused course that helps individuals, uh, as we like to say, supercharge their investing careers. So you could be a passive commercial real estate investor, you could be active, you could be an attorney, for example, who is simply just looking to understand your clients better. You could be a sophisticated investor who's just looking for new ways to improve your, your due diligence process. Ultimately, what it is, is a course that now Hunter and I teach to students, um, our students that come through the pipeline, as I just mentioned, about how they can take their career to the next level. And we really view the course as an accelerator to get you quicker to you know, that end goal. And so for me, the course definitely served as an accelerator because my end goal, especially upon completion of the course, was to, to have much more knowledge of how commercial real estate and investing worked and then also to figure out a way to start working with Hunter because I, and Hunter Thompson, again, he's the managing principal of ASIM Capital. His company, our, our company is getting close to 10 years old, not quite 30 years old like we are at Concordia. <laughs> We're getting close to 10 years old and Hunter has just put together an amazing track record over the past 10 years and I've been able to uh, tap into it over the past couple years through taking that course and we've just become really good friends and again, just looking at everything that's come from it is awesome including my podcast, which after completing the course, Hunter and I had a lot of phone calls back and forth. And one thing that he noticed about me was like, okay, so Adam, like, look at this, you have a podcast. Um, you know, why are so, you only, I, I need to interrupt. You had the podcast before you did the mentorship. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Good. Thank you for clarifying. So yes, I had already had the podcast. Wasn't really consistent with it was maybe only releasing one episode per month. I just wasn't focused on it. And we finished the course around April 2018, I want to say, maybe a little bit before that. And that's when um, he kind of helped me realize, like, hey, Adam, look, do you realize what you've, one, already created? And two, do you realize what you can do with this? Because Hunter had been podcasting since 2016. And so he'd already seen for himself, you know, really just how much credibility having a show can bring into you know, you're into my world or into what he experienced as well. So kind of was just like, you should get focused, start releasing like one episode per week, or at least one episode every couple of weeks. Yeah. Just really start taking this show to the next level. Cause I think you got something special here. And since that moment, I really haven't looked back to the point where, you know, it's two years later now, this is episode 100 and we've had a new episode come out at least uh, every week, if not sometimes even two per week. So I'd say, you know, now that I've had my foot on the gas for so long too, Michael, we, we talked about this before the interview, and this is something I want everyone listening right now to, to also be aware of, is, um, you know, after this episode goes live, we will be taking a 63-day break from Dream Chasers, Dream Chasers production in order to really reevaluate the show, make it better, and then bring it back essentially for what would be considered season two of... Uh, you know, what I believe to be one of the best podcasts out there. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and so now uh, that we've talked about the podcast and you also produce other podcasts too, correct? Can you tell me a little bit about those too? Yeah. From a production standpoint, uh, I help produce Hunter's show right now, which is the Cashflow Connections podcast. That show, I mean, we do a 
I should say Hunter primarily, but we all do just a really good job at not only producing the show, but, you know, re- retaining our followers, our listeners. I want to say we're at a little bit over 12,000 downloads per month right now, and that just continues to grow. So it's great to just be a part of success on that level. Um, and then the other show that I host and produce is the Lieberland Show. And the Lieberland Show is basically focused on a country in Europe that's five years old as of, well, this coming April 13th will be five years old. And it's the world's only libertarian country. It's the only country I'd say probably besides Qatar where taxation is voluntary. Actually, no, I think Qatar, you don't even have to pay taxes. But Lieberland, basically how we have our our government structured is if you want your vote to count and who's running the country, it's at that point that, you know, whether or not you paid your taxes becomes something that's important. And you'll Um, also be visiting Lieberland in April for the fifth anniversary, correct? That is correct. Yeah, April 13th. So a month after this goes live, I will be in Lieberland with my Lieberlandians and President Yelichka and Bogey Wozniak, Tom Walls, all those guys. I hope to see you there, Michael. If you can't make it, I, I know you're going to make it out there eventually. I, I'm definitely trying to. I, I am a, a Lieberland e-resident right now. So, you know, working with the cause to, to help them get some credibility, I, I think it's a great project. Yeah, yeah. I love, uh, I love the, the potential in the future of what Lieberland has to offer to the world. And, and they've if, also got an excellent project with their free trade zone, which has been approved uh, in Serbia. So that's another great thing going. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's something again, exciting and that I know you, you know, could potentially play a big role in and just, you know, honored to be a part of that with you as well. All right. So we've kind of like gotten all the real estate stuff. I'm sorry, the, uh, the podcast stuff. We know that, you're also like excellent in audio visual. Tell me a little bit about your most recent foray into the big nut DJ career. <laughs> or do you have a new name now? We still, we still have to get a name. I mean, I don't mind being just being called Adam or Carswell or whatever. Big nut. We got to explain to our listeners how the heck I got that DJ. No, I think nickname. we should just leave it right there and just keep it on. We don't have a whole lot of time. Left, okay. Though. Anyways, it's it's a, it's a funny story. So if you want to know, just just hit me up sometime. But yeah, no, DJing has been so much fun. Um, I started DJing here in St. John's in August when my barber and you, know, you mentioned that I work out of the barber shop sometimes, which is which is true. My barber Gustavo. I always joke around and I say he's basically like the mayor of St. John's because he's moved here from Colombia, been here for over 15 years. And the only reason I say he moved here from Colombia is because he came came from a pretty rough background. And so he like, he knows how to run business, like, like pretty much how a gangster would run business, but, but he's like an innocent gangster now because he's in Canada. <laughs> but anyways, Gustavo knows everyone. So he's like, Hey, Adam, I want to introduce you to, you know, the owner of this menu or the owner of this bar, et cetera, et cetera. And he just introduced me to a bunch of people and he's like, all right, you know, this is a guy who's passionate about music, knows how to DJ you know, let's build something together. And now we have uh, at least two nights every month. Who knows what else it might turn into, but two is good for now. Two nights a month where I'm DJing and just playing international music. And then also, you know, like I mentioned earlier, my favorite, which is house music. It's, it's just a good time. It's always a good time. And I really think that it's going to be something I do for the rest of my life. Okay. So with that, why don't we segue into why real estate? Why did you choose to like 
uh, out of everything that you could go into, why, what pulled you to real estate? I think the when I could, I observed just how much potential there was for anyone in the industry. What I mean by that is, I'll never forget when I was still at Sherwin Williams, there was like an article or a stat that I wrote one, uh, read one time that said 97% of the world's um, millionaires were entrepreneurs that were either in real estate or technology. I don't know. I just remember reading that and was like, okay, you know, I definitely want to want to be a millionaire, strive to be a billionaire one day. And I also say that for the right reasons, because I, well, what I believe to be the right reasons, because I do view myself as a very generous and giving person. And I believe that um, if I do accumulate a lot of wealth throughout my life, I'll be able to put it to good use and, and really make the world a better place. So, you know, I want to be a billionaire one day. And I was either between technology and real estate. And I don't know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad twice. And that was kind of like the first calling for many people who get into this industry. And I just haven't looked back. And I would also say it's kind of interesting now too, with some things that we're working on over at ASIM and even with you, Michael, at Concordia, um, even though I'm in real estate, I'd say I'm, what I do on a daily basis is very much driven through technology. So I'm kind of in a hybrid position right now where um, I've gotten into both industries. Yeah, I think you're really making your splash, you know, not necessarily, you're deeply involved with real estate, but your uh, your biggest splash is your communication skills and your media skills and uh, your marketing skills. So. Thank you. Thank you. I think, uh, I get, actually, I'd say as far as marketing, I've got I've gotten a lot of those skills. Well, I would say from my father, but also just from you over the past couple of years. <laughs> you always joke about how you give me free coaching. But uh, you really have helped my marketing tremendously. Well, I'm also adding to your bill for because yeah, I'm going to charge <laughs> you my hourly for this podcast too. All right. And and I just charge by the full hour. I don't you know charge in increments. I'm like one of those really expensive attorneys. Okay, Peter Fisher. I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, this has been a great experience. So with that, why don't we go to our lightning round? where I ask you a few questions and you have to give me a quick answer and we're going to learn a lot about your current state of mind and um, what flashes in your mind the, the, the fastest right here now. So, All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. The first one, top place you most want to visit. Right now, I really, <laughs> Chris Liebenberg, I hope you're listening right now because I, I spoke with you about this the other day. And Michael, thank you for introducing introducing me to Chris Liebenberg. You're stalling oh. for time, so keep going. <laughs> I want to go to Namibia, which is a country in Africa. It's northwest of South Africa. And uh, yeah, I can tell you why, or we can leave it at that. Why don't we leave it at that? And then um, I get into some of the weirdest uh, conversations with Chris, so um, <laughs> I, I understand how that happened. But, right. uh, all right. Why don't you give me the favorite name of a town? <laughs> can I can I give uh, my favorite name of a town and then yours? Uh, you don't know what mine is, so you can give your favorite name. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know where we're going with this one. Oh man, favorite name of a town? I don't know. Call call me call me boring or, or unoriginal, but I gotta go with I gotta go with my hometown, Painesville, Ohio. I made a song. I made a song about Painesville. Uh, in 2012, if you go on YouTube and type in Painesville official music video, you'll see me, uh, my brother, Johnny Caldwell, a.k.a. Poppy Seed, singing about the city that turned us into who we are today, Painesville. Was was Corn Pop involved with that video, too? 
we didn't get that creative. I would say it's a pretty creative video. <laughs> um, Painesville is a tragically named town. So <laughs> it's, it's almost as bad as Dildo, Canada. There we go. Guys, that's Michael's favorite city in the world. Can't wait till he comes to visit here. There's a, Okay, so there's a city an hour from where I live here in St. John's called Dildo, Canada. And they have a brewing company there that's very popular. Is it Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel was up here like a year ago. And as you can imagine, like the Hollywood sign in California, he paid for a sign in Dildo, Newfoundland, that says Dildo. And yeah, you might be laughing right now, but it's the truth. So come on down and visit us. All right. Um, what is your favorite book? My favorite book is a book that I actually, I just read. And it's not Raising Capital for Real Estate, although that's a great book. <laughs> it's called The Millionaire Moses. Let me grab it here real quick so I can read you like the subtitle. So the book is called The Millionaire Moses, His Prosperity Secrets for You. It's a book that- His Prosperity Secrets? His, uh, his Prosperity Secrets for You. Okay. And I, I took a lot of notes on this book recently. I've been flying a lot recently, so I had plenty of time to get into it. And I will be doing a video review on it soon. What I really like about that book is it takes what I would consider a very close look at the Bible character. For those of you who, who don't know, there's an individual in the Bible. His name is Moses. And, you know, Moses was known for liberating his people and bringing them out of slavery. I just resonate with this book so much. I think that a lot of us are living in a world where we kind of feel like we're enslaved and I want to do all that I can to serve us and lead by example in the way that Moses did. And especially through his keys to prosperity that he shared, well, basically that he shared throughout the Bible, this book just kind of helps you take a look at it in a new perspective. And it go, for me, it was just like, wow, I knew Moses was cool. Now I, I feel like I am Moses. Like I want to be Moses. So You'll see when the book review comes out that I'm going to do on it. That's, that's my favorite book right now, for sure. All right. I'll have to look that one up. And then, um, you know, the, the one thing that we can definitely learn from Moses is that uh, why don't you just stop and ask for directions instead of taking 40 years of wandering around? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm joking I, around there. <laughs> well, I don't, know, was, I don't know if that was a, a shot at me or a shot at Moses. No. <laughs> It, it, it's an old, it's an old joke. Yeah. Well, could you explain for our listeners that might not know? Well, um, Moses delivered the, and it really wasn't the, the Jewish people, it was the, the nation of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, they were in slavery. And so the people of Egypt wanted to go back into slavery because as um, we find out right now, even during a presidential election, a lot of people find slavery more attractive than freedom. And so with mm -hmm. freedom comes responsibility, comes doing things. And you know, th there's also obedience and doing the right thing. You know, a lot of people just don't want to do that. They want somebody else telling them what to do. And so they'll, you know, put the yoke of slavery around themselves. And uh, I'm going to get political and you might lose some listeners. But, <laughs> it's uh, all right. We met at Freedom Fest. Okay, because socialism slash communism, which are basically the same thing, have killed hundreds of millions of people. And it is just men oppressing other men or people oppressing other people. And so that's why I'm fervently into liberty, freedom, you know, having an, an ordered life uh, so that 
you have the freedom to do the things you can. So, but so that I'm looking forward to that that book. Absolutely. Yep. I'll uh, I'll take a picture of it after we're done here and send it to you, so you know what it looks like. Okay. And then my last question. It's kind of a it's a difficult question because, well, I'll just I'll ask it. What's your favorite drink? <laughs> my favorite drink is Mountain Dew. And I was I, talking about alcoholic. Drink. Okay, okay, because I know you uh, you you led you led the intro to the uh, to Dream Chasers with the White Russian, which is a classic story between you and I. And uh, I don't know time at this point. I feel like time wise, just forget about it. You might as well tell the story. Uh, but to let you know what my favorite drink is, I'd say um, when I walk into a pub, I always at least check first to see if they have Guinness or at least some kind of stout. I'm okay. a stout guy. So I'm going to go with Guinness. And if they don't have Guinness, then I don't know. Sometimes they got like Murphy's or in Belize. I really like the Belican stout. I'm a stout guy. Let's leave it at that. Okay. All right. And then uh, Adam continually disturbs me. So we're... <laughs> in a bar and the bar looks like the, it's the, in the back of a, a restaurant that looks like a Denny's on acid. And the bar kind of looks like a 1970s porn set. And, <laughs> and, you know, I'm in there and I don't know what I ordered, but Adam just is sitting next to me and, and there it was pretty empty in there at the time, but it was starting to fill up and he orders a white Russian. So I just found that disturbing. So. <laughs> and I had to move a seat away from him after he did that. Yeah, he did. So, but, uh, well, I think, you know, that kind of wraps it up. I really appreciate you um, allowing me to, to do this. Um, it's been an honor and a privilege. And uh, I just want you to let us know, is there, do you have any uh, special parting words for the, the people in your life, the, the special people in your life and anything that you'd like to say? Yeah, I just want to say, I had a moment of reflection last night. Actually, leading up to this interview, I had multiple flashbacks to when I used to run track and field in college because I would be thinking about the race that I was going to run. Like if it was Monday, I'd be the race was on a Saturday. I'd be thinking about the race on Monday, almost like in a nervous way. Like it was good because I was visualizing it, but I was like, man, I put so much pressure on myself. I was like, I got to win. And leading up to this interview, at least for the past two or three days, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I'm just like, I just want to make sure that I deliver as best as I can. And one thing that hit me last night was I'm just like, wow, there's so many people in my life that I like, I really truly love and miss um, just all the way from childhood through school, like everywhere that I went to school, everywhere that I lived. Um, I just send this message out right now for anyone who's listening. And you're, for example, cause I'm going to, I'm going to drop some names here and there's no way I'm going to be able to drop everyone's name. But if you're listening to this message right now, and you're hoping that I, that I drop your name and maybe I don't at some point, please reach out to me and just, you know, let me know that, that you love me cause I love you. And so, uh, with that being said, one of the first people that comes to mind is my brother, Paul, who's getting ready to get married. Paul and I just, we grew up together three years and three days apart, no bond with anyone else in the world, like what I've got with Paul and Paul, I love you so much. Um, mama and papa, Clearly and obviously, I love you too. You guys raised raised me and and everyone else. Leah, Paul, like I said, Mikey, John, Autumn, um, and then the, the Todd squad, Nadir and Poppy Seed. You guys, uh, we've had some great conversations on Dream Chasers, and I look forward to having more deep conversations with you guys, especially on this platform. 
when we bring the show back. And yeah, I, just, I don't have time to say everyone's name, but just remember, like if you played sports with me or are in Todd squad or just if we've had special moments together, please reach out to me after you hear this because I do love you. All right. With that, Adam, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a little bit more information about you, a little bit more, you know, from the heart stuff. Uh, this was great. And uh, congratulations on the success of, you know, 100 episodes. That's, you know, really, it's a great milestone. And um, I say this is one who, um, you know, really, really wills uh, the good, all the good that's going to come in your life. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud of you, and I'm sure your your parents and family and, and friends are proud of you, too. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. This has been Michael Flight. Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dream Chasers. We will catch you in the next episode. And remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level. On to you, Adam. Let's go.